Hey guys, this is Chris Chavez, producer and co-host of Back Issues Comic Book Podcast and the History Creeps Podcast. I just wanted to take a moment to remind you that you can find those podcasts as well as a number of other entertaining shows on our online network, BICVP Radio. Whether you're into old school video games, comic books, sports, pop culture commentary, or the strange and unexplained, BICVP Radio has the podcasts you're looking for. So head on over to BICVP-Radio.com and check them out. Make sure you subscribe to them on iTunes, and while you're at it, leave a review or two. Again, that's BICVP-Radio.com. See you there. Welcome back to another episode of History Creeps Podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts, Chris Chavez, and today I'm joined by a man that the Pope once said gives the best high fives around, Johnny Townsend. That's true. He said that every Pope, actually, has said that since Pope won. That's how good I am. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and, as, and as always, we're joined by a writer who was once said to have done Michael Jackson's moonwalk. For 20 consecutive minutes, Carter Johnson. That's, that's a world record, Carter. I, you know what? And and they won't accept it in Guinness because I was drunk at the time. <laughs> I believe and it's so, Guinness. Guinness. You know, Guinness World Record. Yeah, you know what? I, they won't accept it, and it's ironic because I was drunk on Guinness. <laughs> so, but yeah. Thank you, Chris. That's, Those hypocrites. I had to you, sir. Guys, we're back. Uh, another episode of History Creeps. How are you guys feeling? I'm feeling it, man. I'm feeling it. Feeling it, feeling I'm it. I'm feeling it. I'm feeling it as well. I don't know if I'm feeling what Carter's feeling, but I am feeling something. <laughs> dude, there's no way you're feeling what I'm feeling right now. Trust me. I know you're probably me. right. I'm feeling dude, I'm I'm like over here like, okay, it's time to get the shotgun out and oil that thing. <laughs> just you know, to be ready for fifteen years down the road. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> you wanna you wanna break the big announcement to the listeners? Yeah, the yes, big news actually, in your life. Uh, yeah, let's let's do this. Uh, my wife and I are having a baby girl, uh, and she is going to be joining us in June, hopefully, uh, early June if everything works out. And her and, uh, first episode of History Creeps will be July. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You'll be able to hear her in the background, so it'll be you know. So what we're saying is we're going to have a fourth host. <laughs> she may not. She may not talk a whole lot. But, well, uh, you know, I'm sure that's okay. the audience wishes that we wouldn't talk a whole lot, but that's, <laughs> that's okay. Well, and here's, hear the other, here's the great thing that I haven't told you guys yet. The name choices right now are between Diana and Leia. Oh, oh. man. Dude, I love, right? as a huge nerd, I love both those names. Yeah. I, me too, dude, because it's either Wonder <laughs> Woman or Star Wars. It's all yeah. good. Yeah, you cannot go wrong with either of those names. It's great. I, I totally agree, and that's why it's a really tough choice. <laughs> That's amazing. You know, if you have a okay, if you go with Leia and then you have a boy later, he has to be Luke. You know that, right? Yeah, it, it, that's exactly what I said too. And it was like, yeah. I'm not sure if I'm ready for that kind of commitment. You know, I mean, that's why I said if I didn't want to put that name on wise, <laughs> Just yeah, name wise, because it's like, no, you have to, you have to do it this way. Like, there's no, 
Yeah, it's a missed opportunity otherwise. Yeah, you know, you can't have a daughter named Leia and, and a son named Joe. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it doesn't, uh, it doesn't work that way. So, right. but yeah, we're very excited. Well, congratulations, excited. dude. Thank you. Thank you. That's exciting, you. exciting news. Um, That's very awesome news. I have, I have news too. Uh, I have a major announcement. Um, I, I, you guys may or may not know this. Uh, it's not a baby. No, don't get me wrong. That's humongous <laughs> news. This might be even bigger than a baby. Uh, I, uh, this is hard for me to say, but I just had a live show with my other podcast uh, called. It was called Retro Bliss Live. We Cheap did a live plug. show. And which is available on iTunes and Stitcher. Cheap plug. And <laughs> and uh, guys, I think I'm going to start just doing stand up comedy. It gave me the bug. <laughs> People laughed at me or with me. I don't know which one it was, but there was laughs. Have That's you, all I cared about. Have you worked on any material yet? Uh, no, I'm just going to go up and just wing it every single time. <laughs> I feel like that's the best. Okay, actually, I do have. Hold on. I actually did write down the joke. Do you hear it? Let's hear it. <laughs> Let's give, me, give me a second. I gotta pull this joke up. All right, it's on my phone. Just in, give me one second. In the meantime, I'll give you one of mine. Do you ever wonder what's the deal with airplane peanuts? <laughs> okay, I got I, that's good, but I got one. Here, right? <laughs> this is legit on my phone. I legit wrote this out. <laughs> Random thought: If it's five p.m. and it's and on the highway, it's bumper to bumper toilets on the road, then that's a flush hour. <laughs> <laughs> and then I follow that up with this: If it's five p.m. and on the highway, it's bumper to bumper embarrassed people. That's blush hour. Oh god! <laughs> and then this is what I want to close with: If it's five p.m. on the highway and it's bumper to bumper librarians trying to tell people to be quiet, then it's, it's hush hour. <laughs> well, I thought you were going to say it's shush hour, but that works. Yeah. <laughs> then that's when I bow and, and walk off because I just I just slayed it. That's Johnny, awesome. there's a book series called Callahan's that you need to read. Are they stealing my material? Uh, no, but it's all a bunch of drunk rummies making bad puns. While they what's, the universe. what's that? I do so, all these. Comple- these are completely sober made, by the way. That's then amazing. You'd be great at this place. You'd be great. At, you would kill there. That's amazing. Very nice, though. Uh, that that'll be interesting. We'll have to follow your your uh, your road to being a stand up. Watch out, Louis C.K. Uh oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know all these comedians have their own podcasts too, so you already got to you already got to step up. And you and you know what? You've got more than one podcast. Yeah, I'm doing so. it the other way. Usually they do the stand up career first and then do the podcast. I'm doing it the other way around. You're gonna show them. You do you, man. Trailblazer. Yeah. That's right. Start calling you Clyde Drexler. Um, oh, I like <laughs> Clyde. <laughs> Clyde the Glide. Um, the guy that was he wasn't Michael Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, guys, we're here for another episode of History Creeps. Um, Johnny, in your area, man, it's pretty creepy. All, you're, the mood's already creepy with all the smoke and haze out there, huh? It really is, and I think Carter probably sees a little bit of it. But I live really close to the mountains. I'm in the foothills of North Carolina. And actually, about 12 miles from me is one of the wildfires that's going on right now. Jeez. And literally, the other day, I walked outside, and this was like at, I think it was 11 o'clock in the morning. And I had to go look at my phone, and my phone said it was sunshine. <laughs> because it looked like a big, thick fog all over the place. Jeez. 
like it was Silent Hill all over again or something, and it was really freaky. That's crazy. Yeah, sadly, we could smell it here. That is crazy. Open up your windows, man. Let some of it in and get the, the mood all nice and spooky because we got a good episode today. We got our, our uh, current creeps to cover, and then we're going into urban legends today. Oh. So it should be. I'm really excited about this. I love urban legends. Oh. So. Me too, man. So do I. I've loved them for as long as I can remember. And just knowing that we're going to get to start covering a whole bunch of them as part of this new series we're going to do. Uh, it's going to be fun. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, this is gonna be this is gonna be good stuff. So you guys want to get into uh, our current creeps first, and then and then get into yes, that? sweet. Yes, let's do our current creeps. Let's. Uh, who wants to go first? Johnny, why don't you go first? I was going to volunteer you, but I'll do it. Oh no, we no, we got to open big on this. You know, okay, so all right. <clears throat> uh, guys, apparently, and this actually happened back in June, even though it's just now making the rounds, like last week. In Yellowstone National Park, which I'm assuming everybody's heard of, it's one of the big ones. You know, uh, you know, and actually, uh, side note, they actually say there's a huge volcano there, and that if it ever goes off, then we're all doomed. Yeah, so there you go. Oh yeah, it's a super volcano. I've heard of that. Yeah, yeah, uh, which actually comes into play with what I'm talking about. Apparently, there, a 23 year old man was. Have you guys heard of this? It's called hot potting. No. What's that doing a podcast in the, in the I, heat? Okay, yeah, I've never heard of that either. And what it is, apparently, there are places. North Carolina has a few too. Actually, they have hot springs, just springs that are naturally warm. Yeah, to hot. Yep. And that's just yep. what it is. They just call it hot potting for some reason. What, like just <laughs> jumping in them? Was that Chris? Just jumping in them? Yeah, like just finding a hot spring and jumping in to, to, you know, just to I guess to swim or whatever or to relax. Okay. Apparently this man was out with his sister and he found one in an area that was restricted. He wasn't supposed to be there in the first place. And he bent down to check the temperature of it and he fell in. The the uh, the rescuers couldn't get to his body. Apparently he, he almost died almost immediately because by the time the rescuers got there, he was already passed away. So they saw his body. This is per what I understood. This is on CNN.com. Uh, it, they couldn't get to his body because apparently there was a storm happening right then, a lot of really bad lightning. Oh. So then they come back later, and there was nothing left. What? There was yep. nothing left, nothing at all. Not a single uh, part of his body was left, was remaining. Uh, apparently, the the deputy chief ranger, uh, uh, Lawrence, I'm hoping I'm saying his name right, Lawrence Varez, actually has a quote and. Uh, <laughs> Man, how would you like this quote to be about you? He said, in a very short order, there was a significant amount of dissolving. Oh, my God. Yeah, and what they're saying, what they think happened is, there, like I said before, there's a volcano there. Uh, the park's geysers and springs are actually got a lot of acid in them because as they come up through the th- through the thermal water deep underground, uh, the water picks up all that sulfuric acid as it rises to the surface. So it's just naturally has acid and stuff in it. That's just going to eat your body alive. That is so yep. crazy, dude. That is messed up. Does that not sound like a, a way that a villain goes in a movie or something? <laughs> or the way? Yeah, he, it sounds like a horror movie. Or the way he yeah, tries to terrible. get the way he tries to get rid of a hero or the good guy. Yeah, I just feel I feel bad for the sister too because she had to see that happen. I was like, oh man, that's, that was just terrible. I couldn't believe it was real. I thought it was a made-up thing, and then I saw it was on CNN. So wait a second. She watched him fall in, and they couldn't go out and get him because it was a lightning storm. So she stood out there in the lightning storm, or they took her away and let him just be out there by himself and melt away? My understanding of the story was that she ran back as soon as he fell in to get help, 
the rescuers came back to try to get him, but he was already gone by then, and they couldn't get his body out because the storm came. Oh, my God. And then, so then they had to come back later to, to pull his body out, but there wasn't anything left. And they're sure he melted away, like his clothes were left behind, or maybe an animal came and got him? They sound fairly certain that he dissolved in it. Jeez, that is insane. Yeah, it, it, it was... It's, it's just a wild, wild story. What's even more weird to me, because I looked into this, like I said before, this is November. They said this happened in June. So I was like, why did it take so long for them to say this stuff? <laughs> right? Yep. And how come but we've never heard of this before? If people do this all the time, how come we've never heard anyone else like having melted limbs because they've been into something like that too long? Yeah, I don't know. But apparently uh, the National uh, Park there only recently... Uh, released the report on it so that's the only reason that's why you're hearing it now it happened in june but they just now were saying hey this happened hmm. wow that's kind of messed up which harkens back to we did a whole episode about people going missing in these places i was just gonna say that's why i said home that's interesting there's something yeah. weird about the national parks and how they're handled and stuff and i don't know man they just i love national parks they're beautiful but they don't go missing dangerous. in one dude yeah yeah, yeah trust no one that's that's not that is that is crazy. Yeah, when you said national park and, and how it took so long to get that out, first thing came to mind was our episode when we talked about all those disappearances. Oh yeah, for sure. Oh, what man. you got, Carter? What do I got? Well, hearkening back to a previous episode where we had discussed this, uh, I found a story where some scientists in North Carolina actually captured the Brown Mountain Lights on video. Oh, man. Which is significant if you have ever heard of the Brown Mountain Lights or have ever done any research into it. They're very hard to uh, photograph, um, and it's, it's to the point that the people who took these shots... <clears throat> were actually uh, a couple of researchers uh, from Appalachian State University uh, had set up a camera out here specifically to try to get some shots of the Brown Mountain Lights. And nearly 10 years after they set up these cameras, they finally, finally caught something. Interesting. Uh, I think, if I'm not mistaken, Carter, uh, that they were actually on the verge of having to take those cameras down. They were. Yeah. They were. The article goes into that uh, slightly that uh, these two guys were pretty much ready to just give up. They they hadn't found anything. They were getting really disgruntled about it, which, let's be honest, guys, if we're out there for 10 years, I I'm going to start getting angry, too. Yeah, I'll be very you know? disgruntled. My no. gruntled will be become dissed. <laughs> now, you saw oh, these, very much so. You saw the you saw the footage. I did see the footage. Um, what what's it? interesting about it is that the camera is from a certain distance that it's a little difficult to pinpoint exactly where the where the light is I was coming from. I was going to say from the angle I, I'm looking at the I was looking at the stills from the video and from the angle of it uh, you can see the the hills. You know, uh, in the distance, the mountains, and then, but then there's a whole bunch of lights. Like, are those cities in the backgrounds, or are those all the lights? This this whole spectacle of lights. I think some of them are the lights, and some of them are the actual, uh, you know, the little towns, towns that are stuff. in the in the area. Okay. Um, but what's 
what I find uh, the most interesting about this is that it's taken, you know, this long, this long to get a shot of it. And even with shots of it, they still don't know what it is. Hmm. Yeah, it's it's they very much no clue what it is. I mean, <laughs> we, we, yeah, we've kind of talked about it before, but for our area, it's very much an urban legend for here. And it's that's what I found odd about that too, Carter, is the fact that I'm growing up, and I'm sure you did too. I heard about the Brown Mountain Lights all the time. They were brought up yep. all the time, and but yet uh, they, these cameras took ten years to capture one. And then even with the shot, yeah. you, I mean, you guys watch the video. You can't even tell what it is. That's just nuts, though. Hmm. I mean, it could be some guy out there with a two million candle power light, for all we know. <laughs> He's like, I heard about those guys and their camera. They're taking them down tomorrow. Yeah. Let's mess They're with taking them. them down. Yeah, let's <laughs> mess with them a little bit. <laughs> that's awesome. That's that's uh that's actually really cool. I love when we get the stories that go back to to, to stuff we talked about on the show. By the way, talking about things on the show, did you guys see Amityville House? It was sold. Somebody bought it. Oh, I did see that. For like I knew it was for sale. I didn't know it was sold. Yeah, they bought it for like eight hundred. Two years, man. Eight hundred and something thousand dollars. Two years max. Now I want to ask you this, Chris, since you kind of live near there, <laughs> is is that the the amount that it sold for that you just said? Is it because of that its notoriety, or is it, or is that what a house in that area kind of goes for anyway? Well, actually, it's it's like seven hours away from me. <laughs> it's across oh. it's across the state. Uh, but well, you're closer than I am. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I would have to say more for the notoriety of it. Not that that it, it wouldn't. I mean, I don't know. To be honest, I don't know what houses go for in Amityville, and I know it is a water. It's on the water, so eight hundred and something thousand. I mean, that's that's quite a penny. Um, I know houses in my area go for anywhere between, and you're talking about maybe a three or four bedroom house. Um, Anywhere between you know ninety thousand to one hundred twenty-five thousand. Yeah. So that one that's got to so, go so for notoriety. Like this costs a little more. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's gotta. Uh, it has to be. I mean, I know it's closer to, to New York City, and it's it's out in that area. And I believe Amityville is a nice a nicer neighbor a, a nicer town. Uh, still, I think the money that price is because of the house that it is. Yeah, that's why I was asking because I knew just from when we when I was on research on our very first episode ever mm -hmm. uh, that that was a really nice neighborhood. So I, I yeah. didn't know if that's how much the house was just going for anyway because of it's like you just said it was on the water and it's near the city or or what. But yeah, it didn't say who bought it, did it? Interesting. No, I I, I mean I it, I'm not sure if it did or not. I don't remember. I just remember seeing it, it sold and I was like, huh. Was it that guy from Ghost uh, Ghost Hunters or whatever that show is? <laughs> Ghost Adventures. Oh, that, that kid. Oh man. He, he's my, have you heard about him? What he's doing? No, it's oh something about a demonic house. Was didn't he buy yeah. a house where? Uh, I think I saw the the actual news footage of the lady that talked about her son being possessed. Yeah, yeah. Zach, whatever his last name is, I never I never remember it. But uh, apparently, it's, he was buying uh, houses that were like have uh, histories of that kind of stuff. So. Yeah, interesting. Meh, anyway, uh, you guys want to hear my story? Yes. So, according to the Denver Post, uh, November 2nd, 2016, mysterious Alaskan ice monster surfaces in BLM video. Uh, BLM is the Alaskan Bureau of Land Management. 
So basically, uh, the Chenna River in Fairbanks, Alaska, there's two employees of the, uh, the, BLM, the BLM, this guy named uh, Craig McCaw and Ryan Delaney. They're, they're working out there, and one of them noticed this weird thing in the water. So he grabbed his video camera and filmed what looks like something that's about 12 to 15 feet long, like almost like a, a river snake or, or a huge, just this w- long, weird serpent thing. That had like ice crusted along its top, just kind of slithering across the river. He didn't know what it was. The the guy with him didn't know what it was. They they filmed it and they put it up on their Facebook page, um, and everyone went crazy over it. Spread over the internet, but uh, nobody can really say what it is. And I know you guys saw the video. What do you guys think it is? It looks like some kind of river monster. <laughs> <laughs> it totally looks it's, like a yeah. It, like it's, it's really slithering. hard to tell. It's it's definitely strange. It it looks like it, it's really long. It does look like it's some sort of snake or something. But I don't know. Like I don't know what kind of animals are normally there in that area. Mm-hmm. But yeah. yeah, it's it's really weird for sure. Some people say it looks like a massive sturgeon. Uh, and there, there are people who are just saying it is a sea monster. It's something like that. The BLM said it's not an altered video. It's exactly as it was taken. Uh, they put it up. Let's see. McCaw says, it's a strange thing. I don't know what I would have done if I had come by in, in a canoe or something. But looking from it above on the University Avenue bridge, I didn't feel too threatened. Um, I know that a lot of the experts uh, of the Alaskan Department of Fish and Game are saying that what it is is just like – this ice, a, a type of ice stuck to a rope in the river. Hmm. But the way the thing is slithering, it is literally slithering like a snake through the water. I can't see that. A, a rope I can see, you know, just kind of, you know, floating along, going along with whatever the waves are doing or just kind of going sideways. But this thing is actually moving and slithering like it's propelling itself forward. Isn't it? Isn't it weird how a lot of times when, when I guess scientists are trying to come up with these explanations for these things, the explanations almost sound even more dumb than (laughs) than if it was just a real creature. And you think they'd come up with something smarter. I mean, you're talking about scientists who understand physics. So that reminds me of, I mean, this is another ice thing. If you guys have heard about, I think it was around the North pole or somewhere. They were hearing weird sounds under the ice. No, really? Oh, I did hear about it. Some sort of beeping or a binging sound. Yeah, it was like some sort of a, just a weird noise. Ping, yeah. But now there, one of the uh, possible explanations was that it's like just ice rubbing together. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's trying yeah. to, they're trying to stay warm. Yeah. <laughs> Which is going to be counterproductive for them in the long run. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, uh, yeah, dude, I don't know. I looked at that video and I thought to myself, well, I mean, I think more and more with the technology – continuing to spread all over the world uh and and the quality of the technology the videos we're starting to see things that you only heard of as legend like you remember when that japanese fishing boat caught a giant squid and it was the first time we'd ever seen it uh, you know in yes. however many hundred years so things are still out there man they, they totally are i totally believe it and i can't wait well, till we get uh, into like it, uh oh sorry go ahead i was going to say to back up your thing was you know we're constantly finding uh, creatures that we didn't know existed anyway, like the giant squid, which was just a rumor. And then we found out it was true or, yeah. uh, I can't remember the fish. There was some fish that we thought was long extinct, like coelacanth. Yeah, yeah. Thousands of years ago, we thought it was gone and we found one. So, yeah. 
That's what I was going to say. I'm excited for when we start getting into episodes that deal with uh, cryptids and, and these different creatures that are just now being discovered. Did you guys see this new spider, that this species of spider that was discovered that looks like brown leaves from a tree? Yeah. Uh, what's, it, what's it called? I got to look this up. Just look up brown leaf spider, I think. The thing is freaky. Oh, no. It is freaky. For me, spiders are a no, okay? So if one can camouflage <laughs> and look like it's just kind of chilling in a tree as part of a tree, now all of a sudden I hate trees. Because <laughs> they're a veritable <laughs> nest of spiders. It doesn't. Okay, I'm looking at them. They don't really look like a leaf to me. It looks like it's just a, like a spider. It looks like a spider to me. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. Maybe I let me let me pull it up myself. I could have swore the picture I, I saw. It looked like a brown leaf. You said brown leaf spider, right? That's what I put in my Google here. Yeah, I'm putting in leaf spider. I'm going to leave the brown off. I don't see color. Let's see. <laughs> <laughs> leaf spider. As always, leaf my, spider? my internet's going nice and slow. Oh, it looks kind of like a green leaf. <laughs> yeah, put in leaf spider. All right, I'm doing that now. Well, that okay, be- that's a lot different. Yeah, Yeah, that's disgusting. No, thank you. <laughs> no, thank you. That's that's messed up looking. I'm moving on. It, it is a little crazy. It doesn't even look like a spider. That's creepy, right, guys? Oh man. Yep. There goes me going through the woods. <laughs> exactly, dude. <laughs> Where All do right. these things live? Do they know? I don't want to know. <laughs> I really don't, because it's just going to ruin the world for me. There's so many places I want to travel to in the world. Okay, I find out where it's at. Uh oh. Don't say Buffalo, New York. It's not. We're we're very safe. It's in south uh, western China. Oh, okay, cool. I don't know if I'm ever going to go to western China. <laughs> so it's all good. May want to yeah, may want to stay away from that one, you know. Uh, so, those are good creepy uh, current creeps. I like that. They're not bad. Not bad, not bad. You guys want to move on to our our uh, our topic for the for the show, our urban legends? Yeah, this Let's is do our it. This is our Thanksgiving edition of this of the show. We're, talk about <laughs> thanks. We're very thankful for urban legends. <laughs> urban legends. Well, <laughs> urban legends are just about as as uh, they're embedded in our culture as, as much as as Thanksgiving. Um, yeah, we're going to have a giant feast on these. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, like I was things. saying, for a lot of these things, I wrote out so I could just read them off. One of the things I was trying to figure out, like how to talk about urban legends, and I'm like. You know, why is it sit here and try to figure out how to say it all? I'm just going to go to Wikipedia and see what they say, like their definition of urban legends. Um, yeah, because everything on Wikipedia is true. <laughs> well, you know He's it. He's exactly right. You know it. <laughs> uh, it says the term urban legend, as used by folklorists, has appeared in print since at least 1968. Jan Harold Brunvand, professor of English at the University of Utah, introduced the term to the general public in a series of popular books. Uh, he used a collection of legends titled The Vanishing Hitchhiker, American Urban Legends and Their Meanings, to make two points. First, that legends and folklore do not occur exclusively in so-called primitive or traditional societies. And second, that one could learn much about urban and modern culture by studying such tales. Now, guys, you ask almost anyone if they know an urban legend, chances are they're going to say yes. Uh, there's literally hundreds of tales that are, are a part of our culture that we grew up listening to, whether it was around campfires or in the dark with friends telling, you know, scary stories, sleepovers. Um, it's just it's one of these things where you ha- you have your ghost stories and then you have these other stories where it's like, did that really happen? Um, like the hook. Uh, have you guys heard of, like the spider eggs and chewing gum? 
Yes. Yep. Remember yep. that? The uh, the headlight gang initiation ritual? You know that one? Oh, yes. God. They made yep. a movie out of it. See? Like, there's all of them. Like, the killer in the backseat. Love roller coaster murder. Uh, they, they go on and on. Um, so what I was thinking is I wanted to begin a series where we take a look at a, diff- a number of these tales and just kind of see where they came from, the meanings behind them, the impact they had on history and culture. And, like, for the first part in the series, there's four that I'm going to bring to the table. Uh, I figure we'll cover Bloody Mary. Everyone knows Bloody Mary. Uh, the, yep. the Hook is a very familiar one. Uh, not many people may know this, but uh, a large number of people do. The Munchkin Suicide. And then one yes. one that I just found out about um, called Black-Eyed Children. And I'm interested to hear to hear that one because this is what that's that's what I'm not super familiar with. I've come across it, but sweet. Not super familiar with it, so All I'll right. be interested to hear that one. All right, so let's get into them. Let's start with Bloody Mary, okay? Oh, uh, don't say it two more times or we're in trouble. Bloody. No, he's got to do it in front of a mirror, bro. It's oh, all good. Oh, yeah, you're I'm, right, you're right, you're right. I'm actually looking into a mirror. Oh, no. Don't so, it. how does it go? Bloody Mary, Bloody Mary, Beetlejuice? There. <laughs> 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 All right, guys. So when it, uh, when it comes to Bloody Mary, no one really knows where the story originated. Uh, mirror divination has been around since the turn of the century. Divination meaning like the conjuring of spirits and the conjuring of, of, of other otherworldly figures. So what they would do back in the old days is girls would walk up a flight of stairs backwards while holding a candle and a mirror. Uh, and as they gazed into the mirror, they were supposed to be able to see uh, the face of their future husband. Um, but if they saw a skull or the face of the Grim Reaper, it meant that they were going to die before they had a chance to get married. Uh, this was a game that girls would play all the time whenever they'd get together. Uh, Sometimes another version says where they would look into um, cups of water and, and they would you know tap the, the face of the water to create ripples and stare into it with the candles. And they were supposed to see faces of, of the boys that they were going to marry or, or end up with. Um, so the idea of like looking into mirrors for any kind of, you know, paranormal beings is is not a new thing but like the the idea of bloody mary uh is is more modern in that it wasn't really around during that time it it it, i think the closest they could figure out as far back as it went was roughly the the 50s um basically when girls were doing overnight you know slumber parties um Mm, yep So like many other urban legends, Bloody Mary has a ton of versions. Uh, The most common one is the one that I remember growing up was this one. So you go into your bathroom, you close the door, and you light a candle and turn out the lights. Uh, Now this part was a part I heard, and and not many people know of this one. So, But I heard that you take a handful of water and you splash it on the mirror. So it starts to streak down the face of the glass. Uh, Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, you lean forward peer deep into the mirror and say bloody mary three times slowly after after saying her name the third time she appears in the mirror reaches out and scratches your your eyes and face so why would you want to do that (laughs) (laughs) exactly right the payoff is terrible yeah that's interesting i never knew the water one and you know we never used the candle either yeah just went in the bathroom turned the light off and said it three times and she would appear in the mirror oh no yeah same here you were same here kind of have to be able to see a little bit to see her actually peer Uh, some versions say that she drives you mad others say she strikes you down dead uh, other versions also require you to say different things. Like some of them say Mary, Mary Worth three times. Um, one of them says that when you say Bloody Mary for the third time, you're supposed to say Bloody Mary, I took your baby. 
Um, but either way, dude, the rituals, like you said, it's not it's supposed to end well for you. And like, who wants to do that? It was usually uh, about getting scared and scaring each other. But if that really, yeah, it was usually true, dares. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. It was all dares. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, now, just who Mary was is another one of those unknowns. Like some say she was a local witch who was punished for the sins against God. Others say she was a Puritan woman who suffered uh, what we now know as postpartum depression and she killed her baby. Uh, and some other people attribute the legend to the real life Mary the First of England who earned the nickname Bloody Mary for the number of people she put to death during her rule. Regardless of who she was, the legend has been around for a long time and is, is still nervously whispered during sleepovers across the country. <laughs> Thoughts? What do you guys so, think of this? This You obviously, you guys know about it. Would you? How far back do you remember like this coming into your consciousness shit first grade way back then huh yeah man you know oddly enough when you said uh, girls and sleepovers that makes <laughs> sense because i mean it's not just girls but anytime uh any kids had sleepovers with their friends you know stuff like this would happen i remember i had with when i would have like my uh my little friends over when i was a kid and they were all boys we would do the same thing so oh yeah yep. Yeah, you'd get dared to go into. I remember I did this. I got dared to go into the bathroom and shut the doors and make it really dark in there. Oh god! And and say it three times. And I would only do it if my if I made one of my friends go with me. <laughs> I think it was my cousin or somebody. And so they went in there with me. And I remember having honestly for a split second having real fear as I was getting to that third time <laughs> saying that name. But, but nothing ever really happened though. Right. Exactly. So, spoiler alert. <laughs> spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, you're right. There's something weird about that. At, at that age, um, we want to scare each other. You know what I mean? You get all your little friends together, and whether you're having a sleepover, a campfire, or a, a clubhouse, like there, there's something about wanting to scare each other, or tell scary stories, or and, and I don't know what it is. It's a weird thing, isn't it? Like that emotion almost makes you closer to someone else when you both experience it. Yeah, that's that's true. Yeah, I'm assuming all three of us have done it then. Oh yeah, I remember doing it when I was oh, young yeah. too. Yeah. yeah, same thing. So uh, I, I see this is this is a big urban legend though because I bet if we uh, put out like a poll or something, most of the people would say, "Yeah, well, I've done this." Oh, I <laughs> when agree. When I was a kid, this is one of the things I did when I was a kid for sure. I agree. It's like right up there with playing with Ouija boards or or uh, you ever do you ever hear about the light as a fl- feather, stiff as a board thing? Dude, don't talk about that shit. <laughs> I'm serious. Don't talk about no, that No, but it shit. is. It's that one of those. Me once, it's man. it's definitely one of those things that I don't know. It's it's almost like a rite of passage uh, that you have to go through as a kid. And it's been around for who? I mean, as long as it has, it's still going on today. Like I work with this. Uh, Taking into account the next story, we're going to do the hook, right? Almost everyone's yep. heard that urban legend. And, and when I'm talking about today, it's like I was just talking to this kid I work with. He just turned 21. And I asked him if he had heard any of these stories that I was going to cover tonight. And he said this one specifically he remembers hearing while they were around a campfire at a youth group retreat. The hook. Yeah. Okay, well, that makes sense. But, like, yeah. the hook was, was one of those things that, like, was around for the 50s. You know what I mean? Um, so the hook goes like this. A couple of high school lovebirds are out on a date, and they end up parking at their local lover's lane. Uh, As things get hot and heavy, they pause when the music on the radio is interrupted by an emergency news bulletin. It seems a deranged maniac has escaped the nearby insane asylum and is on the loose. Listeners are warned to stay indoors and under no circumstances are they to approach or engage the lunatic. He would be easy to recognize because he was missing one of his hands. 
In its place was a large hook. As the radio broadcast continued, the girl tells her boyfriend she wants to go home. He laughs off her worry, telling her there's no possible way they'd run into the escaped maniac. The girl is not buying it, though. She insists and becomes upset as the boy does his best to get her back in the mood. Finally, annoyed by her insistence, he starts the car and angrily peels off. The entire drive home, they're both quiet. He's pissed. She's starting to feel bad about overreacting. When they pull up to her house, she apologizes and he accepts. They kiss to make up and he gets out and circles around the car to open her door. She notices him stop dead in his tracks. A look of absolute horror comes across his face. There, attached to the car handle on the passenger side door, is the detached hook of the maniac. This is this is the story that still today kids are hearing. That, that's, that's see that's an interesting one because I always heard it differently. Yeah, see, I heard a different version too. So I'm very curious I, as to the one I heard. The guy's hanging. The guy is hanging. Oh yeah, uh, from the tree. You yeah, know, with his feet dragging against the roof yeah. of the car. Yeah. That's the one I heard. Yeah, that's. I was gonna say again, like all these other urban legends, there's different versions, and that's one I heard as well. That that one was uh, was more along the lines of the girl staying in the car. She kept hearing a scraping sound after the boyfriend went looking for you know who was out there, and she thought yeah. it was yeah. the, the the killer. And she finally summons the you know musters the the. The, the courage to get out of the car and, and get ready to run. And when she does, she realizes it's actually, or no, she drives off or something, doesn't she? I forget what it is. He's either hanging. There's or, one where she gets out and there's another one where she drives away and, and sees, sees him, him like in the rear view. Yeah. Hanging in, hanging from the tree above the car or where the car was. Yeah. This is a really popular one. I mean, even the, you know, your movies and TV kind of take little things from this. Uh, one of the shows well, I the love one is, where the one where he was hanging from the tree is actually the one that they use in Urban Legend. Yeah, the movie. Yeah, the yeah. movie. Yeah, yeah. I was going to bring up uh, Supernatural. That's a show that I like. Oh but yeah, this is, one, yes. this is one that they did on there too. One of the early seasons covered this. Yeah, first yep. season. As a matter of fact, I'm actually in the pro. I just finished first season and just started second. I'm actually started watching that show. Yeah, it's one of my faves. Did you guys? You poor bastard. I don't know if you guys heard this, but this story actually found its way into Dear Abby uh, on one of the columns from no- November eighth, nineteen sixty. Seriously? Yeah the entr- the the actual the actual yeah the actual letter says this. It says, "Dear Abby, if you are interested in teenagers, you will print this story. You don't. I don't know whether it's true or not, but it doesn't matter because it served its purpose for me. A fellow and his date pulled into their favorite lovers' lane to listen to the radio and do a little necking." The music was interrupted by an announcer who said there was an escaped convict in the area who'd served time for rape and robbery. He was described as having a hook instead of a right hand. The couple became frightened and drove away. When the boy took the girl home, he went around to open the car door, and he saw the hook hanging from the door handle. I don't think I will ever park to make out as long as I live. I hope this does the <laughs> same for other kids. <laughs> wow. What if all our, what if, what if all, I, I have a theory. What if all our urban legends... All came from Dear Abby. <laughs> and they're, just, and they're just concerned parents. <laughs> oh, man, that would be amazing. But obviously, this story was one of those stories that l- there's no origin story for it. There's no possible way to say this ever really happened. It really feels like this is one of those those things that w- was put out there to kind of, you know, I don't know, k- keep kids from going, you know, c- c- encourage them to be abstinent. Yeah, I yeah. think that's, I think that's part of it. There there are some uh, instances where, like, uh, I mean, even a Zodiac killer would be one of them. Yeah, 
where there was like two young people and an area that's known for necking <laughs> and, uh, you know, and they, and then they did yeah. something ended up terrible happening to them. It's happened there for that. And I think there was one in Texas. I forgot what it's called, but there's one that happened there too. But yeah. So, so I, it's the town that dreaded Sunday, but knowing, right? yeah, 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 that one. Yeah. 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 That's yeah. right. But the thing is, is this story has been around before that. Like this story was, has been around since the fifties when kids were driving their own cars and doing that, heading out to lover's lane or make out point, you know? Yeah. It, this is a weird, uh, well, this is a weird question. Do you guys have those places now? I don't think there's any in my area <laughs> that's known for that now. Oh, no, I don't think, dude, I never even had one. Do kids do yeah, that? I don't anymore? think I did either. It's just weird. Do kids do that anymore? Do they have to go hide in their car? I mean, it's just weird. Well, yeah, it's, but I guess you go to parking lots now, you know? Yeah, I guess. Movie. I thought it's movie theaters are for that now. Oh, the parking lots at movie theaters. <laughs> that were, hey, a parking lot at a movie theater comes into play later in one of our stories. Uh-oh. Yeah, but the next one oh, we're going to hit, the next one we're going to hit is uh now we're coming a little bit more into modern times. Um this one you can actually see be seen it can be seen with your own eyes. Uh, well, that is if you own a VCR and an original copy of The Wizard of Oz. <laughs> so the legend, this one's called Munchkin Suicide, and the legend goes like this. Uh, during the filming of the 1939 classic The Wizard of Oz, it was well documented that many of the tiny actors playing the munchkins were treated poorly. Now, that's not a legend. That actually is documented that back then when they were filming, uh, many of the actors that played munchkins, a lot of the small people, were treated very, very badly by a lot of the other actors and crew uh, on the set. Yep. They were they were abused. They were put down. They were physically pushed around. And um, it was it was not good at all. Um so anyway, the legend goes that this this behavior went on uh, over and over, and it was it was so bad that it ended up driving one of them to suicide. Legend has it that during the filming of a scene in which Dorothy and her friends uh, are singing "We're Off to See the Wizard," they skip along the yellow brick road towards the forest, and one emotionally distraught Munchkin ties a rope around his neck and hangs himself from one of the trees in the distance uh, in, on the set. Uh, there's another version of the story which says the Munchkins actually a spur was spurned by a love interest, and he couldn't bear to go on, so he killed himself, not realizing that it was a live set and they were filming. Now, if you've ever seen it, you can find an, an original copy of the film. Um, during that scene, they they turn around and they can start to go and dance off in the distance. You can see a weird dark shape swinging from the trees in the distance because there's you can yep. see the you can see the, the the trunks of the trees and there's white space behind them for whatever's in the distance, the sky. And so in between this white space, you see this thing just hanging and, and kind of swaying slightly. Yeah, um, I've seen it. Uh, have you seen the, the cleanup version of it? I was just going to say, when MGM released a special anniversary edition of the film, the dark shape was missing. In its place, there's a large crane that spreads its wings. Uh, and MGM claimed that the crane was there all along, and the anniversary edition was cleaned up so that you can see it. But if you go to YouTube, there's people who have put the, the two video footage, the, the two pieces of footage side by side, and you can yep. obviously see one thing's hanging and one thing's not. Like, it's completely missing. Which to me even lends more credence to it, you know. So have you guys seen that? MGM trying to cover it up. Have you both seen this before? Yes. My mom actually owns the old videotape. Oh, that's amazing. What were your thoughts? Uh, When did this come onto your radar? When did you hear about this? Man, this one's been around for a while. I think you think, Johnny? I heard about this one in middle school. I think. I was gonna say high school for me. I think. I probably found out about this one. 
at the same time that I was looking into because that's not the only movie that has movie that has kind of weird urban legends. Three about men it. and a baby, dude. Yeah, that's something <laughs> I was about to bring up. The but, ghost. Yeah, the ghost in the in the in the movie or something. But uh, yeah, it's probably around the same time, middle school around that area where you just kind of you know that stuff just kind of comes on your radar and you're like, huh. And I remember when I first saw it, I was, I was convinced when I first saw it. I was like, that's that's what they say it is. That's that's exactly it because it uh-huh. looks just like that in yep. the old VCR versions of it. Yeah. Yep. But now it's gone. So why would they remove it? You know what I mean? Well, it's probably in their Unless best. Unless it was what it was. I mean, it's in her best interest to remove it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, though? Know. Because they tried to say it's just the cra- it was the crane all along. But when you obviously see them side by side, dark shape. And then not a dark shape. Like it's uh, that's not like it's. It, there's no question that that they edited something out. They cleaned it out. Yeah, it looks very different because I've seen the clean version too. That's why I asked that. And that one definitely is a crane. There's no mistaking it at yeah, all. It's a yeah. crane. It looks like a bird. It looks like a bird flapping its wings and everything. Yeah. But and I I don't know. The, I don't know. When you put them side by side, the movement of the wingspan and all that is not in the same area of where the dark shape is swinging from in the older footage. So to me, that has always been not just urban legend. It's almost like one of these things where it's like it's obvious. Stop pretending. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's not really the fact that it's there isn't an urban legend. We just argue over what it's supposed to be. Right. And I feel like this one is different. And I feel like this one also uh, exemplifies how urban legends will start to evolve too through time. Because originally, a lot of these er- earlier urban legends, the stories that have been around for a while. A lot of them are – there's reasons behind the stories. There's moral moral reasons. You know what I mean? This one is just uh, something that tries to explain a creepy instance that is not explainable at the moment. So all of a sudden all these weird you know, stories come out. Almost like the whole Walt – remember when Walt, the idea that Walt Disney is – his head is like frozen underneath Disney World yes. or something like that? Yeah. Like these things yes. that you can't explain and so all of a sudden these crazy stories come out of it. But not not with any kind of moral – you know compass involved we can do we can do a whole episode of urban legends just about disney oh that's that's yeah, one of that's yeah. listen that's actually the the idea here because i want to do more than one so this is this is considered like chapter one and then maybe in a month or two from now we'll revisit urban legends again and we can do an even a whole episode on disney urban legends i I'll call abandoned by disney <laughs> that's all hey maybe we'll uh we'll, we'll figure out a trip to disney world all three of us and do a show from the park there we go. We'll yeah. tell them what we're doing too. I'm sure they'll be on board. <laughs> no, just just be like that guy that made that horror movie in Disney. He, they're like, "What are you doing?" He's like, "Oh, I'm just making a family movie." I oh yeah, I remember my that. Family. Wait they, a second, I never heard of this. Dude literally shot a whole you, movie in Disneyland. You haven't heard of this, Chris? This is true. This is real. It's this guy really did this. Tomorrowland. Or no, like that. I have to look this up now. Yeah, this is real. It's this a, is real. It's and it's straight up, dude. It's a horror movie set in Disney. That's amazing. Definitely gonna have to look that up. That's awesome. All right, you want to move on to the next urban legend? Yes. Let's do it. The last one in the series. This is the one, Carter, you said you weren't too too familiar with, Black-Eyed Children. Yep. So this one's much more modern uh, in that it's only been around for barely 20 years. The origin of this one can actually be traced back to a Texas reporter named Brian Bethel. Uh, however, after his story came out, hundreds of people have come forward saying they've had similar experiences as the journalist. Uh with their contact with things called the Black-Eyed Children. So Brian Bethel is a columnist for the Abilene Reporter News in Abilene, Texas. In 2013, he was approached by a program called Monsters and Mysteries in America. 
They wanted to talk to him about his experiences with the so-called black-eyed children. The reason they chose him was because he was apparently the man who originated the urban legend. Before the episode aired, Brian wrote the piece, uh, actually wrote a piece about being interviewed for the show and included his original experience in, in the, the article. And this is how it goes. So basically, I'm just going to read his, his words as to what he said happened. All right, here we go. <clears throat> Near as I can figure, this, is ha this happened in 1996. I've managed to pin down the date that far. I feel like it happened in the spring or summer since I remember wearing a pair of shorts. But one of my great regrets is not recording the actual date of the event. After you hear the story, you'd think it would be something you'd never forget. But giving enough time between, not the case. My memory, while good, isn't quite eidectic. I had gone down to the former site of Camelot Communications, one of the area's original internet providers, to pay my bill. At the time, Camelot was located on North 1st Street near the movie theater in the shadow of what is now Chase, uh, Chase Manhattan Bank. I was using the light of the theater's marquee to write out my check when I planned to put, which I planned to put in Camelot's night drop slot. Involved in my work, I never heard them approach. There was a knock on my driver's side window. Two young boys, somewhere between 9 to 12 years old and dressed in hooded pullovers, stood outside. I cracked the window a bit, anticipating a spiel for money, but I was immediately gripped by an incomprehensible, soul-wracking fear. I had no idea why. A conversation ensued between one boy, a somewhat suave, olive-skinned, curly-headed young man, and myself. The other, a red-headed, pale-skinned, freckled young man, stayed in the background. The spokesman, as I've come to call him, told me that he and his companion needed a ride. They wanted to see the movie Mortal Kombat, but they had left their money at home at their mother's house. Could I give them a ride? Plausible enough. But all throughout this exchange, this irrational fear continued and grew. I had no reason to be frightened of these two boys, but I was. Terribly. After a bit more conversation, I looked up at the theater marquee and down at the digital clock display in my car. Mortal Kombat's last show of the night had already started. By the time I could have driven the boys anywhere and back, it would practically have been over. All the while, the spokesman uttered assurances. It wouldn't take long. They were just two little kids. They didn't have a gun or anything. The last part was a bit unnerving. I noticed that my hand had strayed toward the lock on my door. I pulled it away, perhaps a bit too violently. In the short time I had broken the gaze of the spokesman, something had changed, and my mind exploded in a vortex of all-consuming fear. Both boys stared at me with coal-black eyes. The sort of eyes one sees these days on aliens or bargain-basement vampires on late-night television soulless orbs like two great swaths of starlit night. I did what I feel any rational person would do. I full-on freaked out inside while trying to appear completely sane and calm. I apologized to the kids. I made whatever excuses came to mind, all of them designed to get me the hell out of there, fast. The aura of fear was now a palpable black hanging thing, almost as if it really was wrapping around me. I wrapped my hands around the gear shift, threw the car into reverse, and began to roll up the window, apologizing, apologizing all the while. My fear must have been evident. The boy in the uh, back wore a look of confusion. The spokesman banged sharply on my window as I rolled it up. His words, full of anger, echo in my mind even today. We can't come in unless you tell us it's okay. Let us in. I drove out of the parking lot in blind fear, and I'm surprised I didn't sideswipe a car or two along the way. 
I stole a quick look in my rearview mirror before peeling out into the night. The boys were gone. Even if they had run, I don't believe there was any place they could have hidden from view that quickly. So I wrote down the story of what happened, more or less as a cathartic exercise, and I shared it with a small group of friends on an email list. From there, it got out on the internet, and it grew and grew and grew. Boy, did it. <laughs> so as That's I said, creepy. Yeah, dude. So as I said before, the story, his story spread, and many more people came forward with stories of their own encounters. Like there's this one woman who told the story of these two girls coming to her house. Uh, one Again, one was older, one was younger. And they both said they needed to use the phone to call their mother because they were lost. The woman had this weird feeling come over her when, when she was talking to them, uh, especially because she couldn't see their face because they had hoods on and, and the, you know, the shadows were blocking their face. Um, so she kind of felt a little weird. And she, you know, she said, well, listen, if you want, I'll, I can call your mother, but, you know, just let me know her number. And uh, they kept insisting that, no, you know, please let them inside. And they wanted to call their mother. They were lost. She said, you know, no, it's OK. And because of their insistence, she closed the door, but she spoke to them through the door. She was like, give me your number. Give me your mom's number and I'll call. Uh, and then one girl, all of a sudden, the story changed. Then it was that her little sister was sick and she needed to use the bathroom. Could she please let them in? Uh, again, the woman refused and the girl repeated that they couldn't enter unless the woman said it was okay. So most of these stories that these people come out with say the same thing. They come in, they have these, these creepy encounters with these black-eyed children. Their eyes are all completely black. Uh, and they keep insisting on being given permission to enter either the home or the car. And almost always, they're when they're refused, they become super angry before they be, they disappear. So uh, they're vampires. Yeah, right. So far, though, there's not one story that's come out where someone said they let the children in. Well, yeah, because if you let them in, then your story's gone because they probably murdered you. <laughs> so what do you get? What are you guys' thoughts on this one? I don't know, man. That kind of sounds like some X Files shit. That's some crazy stuff, man. Right? But apparently, you know, like, this... like what's what's the deal with the we can't come in unless you unless you tell us it's okay. Yeah. Yeah. And what's the deal with Mortal Kombat? Why was that the movie they were seeing? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> right? And it 96. was it was uh yeah. and it's always two. It's always two of them, one looking older, one younger. They always have the and that's the here's the freaky shit. If I saw someone with pure black eyes, uh salt and burn. No thank you. Not happy. Yeah, adult, right? adult, yeah, adult right? or child, I'm out of there. <laughs> <laughs> I mean that's, that's just it makes it even Salt worse. Salt and burn the bones, man. It makes it worse that it's children. That's you know, a, yeah. It, we've talked about it before. Like oh, the creepiest thing is hearing kids singing in the dark or something like that. But if you found a child and that child said, Hey, let me in, but their eyes are all black. And they're begging you know, for your help and they're saying, you know, we can't come in unless you say it's okay. What? Yeah, just yeah, just sign me up for adult diapers because I want to need them. So this, yeah. yeah, this guy said that's that terrible. uh this guy, he was an actual, he's a, he's a legit journalist, well-respected journalist. Um, and he said this was his experience and it ended up, it, he didn't even intend it to get out on the internet. He wanted to tell these people that he knew, you know, tell them about it. And it ends up spreading like wildfire, which, um, goes to show number one, the power of the internet, but also like think of what the internet now is doing to the evolution of urban legends and tales. Like now you have creepy pastas, you know, where people come up with all these new stories and ideas that, you know, 20, 30, 40 years from now, people are going to be still telling these stories around, you know, fire, you know, campfires and sleepovers. 
Yeah, isn't that how and like that'll be where that'll be where we'll get them from instead of scary yeah. stories to tell in the dark? Isn't that isn't that where like where Slenderman came from and all those? Yes, yep. Slenderman, sort of like that. Yeah. That'll definitely be one we'll we'll attack in the future because that's definitely a story that um even the one with the killing those girls that killed the one or tried to oh, yeah. to kill the one girl. HBO has a documentary about it coming out. Um, Beware the Slenderman. But it's crazy. Yeah, that was terrible. It's one well, then I just like I would just like to say really quick for all our all our wonderful listeners, Slender Man is not real. <laughs> it's not even a real urban legend. The guy came out and said I made it up. Yeah, definitely. It's definitely a story. It's always been said to be a story, but it's it's interesting to see how how it, it it's it attaches to cultures and certain youth. Uh, and where they go with it, you know what I mean? And it, it that's it's well, how many, and how many people hadn't even heard of Slenderman before those two girls murdered the other girl? At least you don't pe- think about that. People over a certain age, because people yeah, a certain like, age like and younger, and everyone yeah. had heard about it, you know. Um, and I think it just says something to the idea of urban legends, just this idea of how we like to scare each other. I mean, our show is called History Creeps because we like the creepier, weirder things in well, the- in history. Uh, the only thing that changes is the delivery system, right? Exactly, basically. But it's always kind of You know, of like, when we were kids it was scary stories to tell in the dark. Yeah. That's no. where I, I that's where I heard the one about the what's the one guys where the the woman's in the car? The, you the know, killer driving, in the back seat. The guy behind her keeps keeps flashing his brights and yeah, stuff. Yeah, killer in the back seat. That'll be one we'll, yeah, we'll yeah, yeah, also. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's where I heard that one the first time. It's crazy though how these things uh like I say, they kind of embed themselves in our history and culture, and you start to just see them everywhere, influence-wise. Like, uh, like the Hook, the the movie Candyman. You know, it it actually takes the Bloody Mary idea and the Hook idea and puts them together. You know, um, yep. This Black Eyed Children. There's actually a comic book series that is being done right now, uh, based on this idea of these kids that go around killing people. You know, and and they're absolutely. There's I, I don't know where they're coming from, but it's it's not a good place for sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're not they're definitely not uh, spreading the good word door to door. No, d- no, definitely not. <laughs> Do you mind if we come in? You can't come in unless you let us in. No Jehovah's Witnesses. No. <laughs> you know? I like presents. <laughs> <laughs> but so, what are you guys' thoughts on these urban legends and just the whole idea of urban legends, like? overall thoughts on this i think you can trace every urban legend back to a source it's just a matter of being able to find the source you know what you said about black-eyed children that's being able to trace it back to the source yeah that was so new you said about the the hook-handed guy this this dear abby thing yeah that's probably as far back as you would be able to trace that yeah maybe earlier yeah maybe earlier but i say nothing earlier than the 50s because it's that around that time and it would all be word of mouth wouldn't it yeah definitely like but bloody mary as far as you know what the bloody mary one i don't know what do you think johnny i think i i don't even know if there's a way to to narrow that one down because it's there's so many different you know variations on this like just now with chris this was the first time i'd ever heard uh uh the idea of bringing the candle into the bathroom or the water or the, water. Heard, the way the way i was the way i was taught was that she brought her own light when she showed up in the mirror yeah. you would see it you yeah that's what i was that's what i understood so you guys uh, both but yeah i'm with dark. you on this because what's fascinating to me about urban legends is 
did the urban legend come first or did the things that uh, happened that kind of go along with the urban legend, the real things, did they come afterwards or did they kind of help add to the urban legend? Yeah. You know, like you got the one, you know, the, you know, we just passed Halloween recently and you always heard, I heard about this growing up when I went trick or treating, that your parents had to check your candy afterwards because yeah. somebody could have put something in it. Oh, and, God. and then yeah. later on, and I mean, that legend, that uh, urban legend was already around when this guy somewhere in Texas of all places, uh, pretty much tried to poison his kids and ended up killing one of his kids. Yeah. Didn't we yeah. cover that on a, on a past episode? I feel like we covered that. Uh, I feel like story. we did. Yeah. I think, yeah. I think we did, but I'm just saying like, it's, that's what's fascinating to me. Like did the urban legend come first and then those things kind of bounced off of that or yeah. vice versa? Yeah. I think, I, think I assume so because I always thought that we have to check your candy was just an excuse to eat the friggin' candy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think it comes you know, it's so. it's a it's a back and forth thing. Like the Bloody Mary thing, you can see uh like the the divination using mirrors and candles and things like that. That came first, but the idea of summoning this this spirit that could harm you uh and th- and to do it in a way where where ki- kids are doing it, you know, someone who's completely defenseless makes it even scarier. Um I feel like that one you can't really attribute that to to something that had already happened whereas like the munchkin suicide you can't have that that urban legend without witnessing it or seeing it on the film first so it has to have that like that had to come first you know what i mean and i think i've also kind of noticed that uh, the generations after generations like to be scared at a younger age oh yeah after so like i mean even uh games that are geared towards kids now like that five nights at freddy's or whatever that is yeah is that game would creep me out, and it's for kids apparently, or I kids play the it. hell out of me, man. Yeah, so you know, kids are just at younger ages like to be scared. You know, I didn't care to be scared till I was at least. I barely like to be scared now. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's a weird thing. It was one. It goes back yeah. to what I was saying at the beginning of the show. It's just a weird thing that we have in which we like that. It's it. There's a there's there's an excitement that comes with that endorphin rush when when you're scared. Um, you know, I was going to say about urban legends too. What's funny is that a lot of these, of the older stories, not much more of the modern stories that come out, but a lot of the older stories. You ever notice how they always happen to the friend of a friend? Yeah. Yep. Like I knew this person. This my my grandmother's, you know, neighbor's brother's pastor's sister in law. Yeah. It happened to them, and then then you hear the story. You know. Um, well, there's a, there's a human need. And it's not just from scary things; it's from any story to want to somehow be connected to the story you're telling. Yeah, exactly. Somehow. I mean, you know, how many times did you hear when, like, whenever a plane goes down, uh, that somebody said, "Well, my uh, friends, uncles, whatever was supposed to be on that plane, but they missed it at the last second or something like that." Oh yeah, for sure. You hear those things all the time. Oh yeah, it's kind of cool. It's a, it's a cool, it's a cool. Uh, I don't know. It's a weird thing. It's a weird phenomena that humans get into and especially in our culture like a lot of cultures around the, the world have these stories and these tales but it's a it's it's quite unique i think in american culture uh the way we the way we keep pushing this along and keep telling these stories and passing them on word of mouth friend of a friend kind of a thing yeah for sure yeah and that's that's what and i think i think what you said is true two people want to be connected to the story yeah and it's one of these things like it's 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 important I think in in overall understanding the psyche of of our culture and our history. Uh, so that's why I figured it was it was a good a, a good subject for our show. 
Uh, and that's why I wanted to make it uh, a recurring subject because there's just so many to come across. Like, we, oh, just, God, yeah. we just touched on a couple tonight, but like you said, the Halloween candy. There's the the spider spiders and chewing gum. You guys ever hear about the the murder caught on the recording of Love Roller Coaster? Yep. The song Love Roller Coaster is apparently you're supposed to. Hear. Oh yes, yes, yeah. yeah. So that there's that there's um. I mean, gosh, we heard so many through our entire lives that I just I, I want to go through all of them. Uh, well, our, there's so many, even just in, I mean, any form of entertainment you can find this stuff. Yeah. I mean, you said you brought up the music before. I mean, how many other people thought that there was a message in a Beatles record playing backwards telling you that Paul was dead the whole time? Or oh whatever? yeah, more more than that. Like there was that whole thing with the artwork. You could see all kinds of things in like the Abbey Road cover, uh, yeah. the Beatles White Album. There's all kinds of stuff with the Paul is dead one. That's a great one. Um, the uh, remember the idea the the, uh, the story of don't aren't you glad you didn't turn on the lights? Oh God, yeah. Yes. There's so many. Oh, humans uh, humans can lick too. There's all these crazy stories that like when you hear. Oh, how about the uh, the babysitter? The call Wait, coming humans, from inside. Humans can lick too. Oh yeah, you haven't heard that one. No, well, maybe I have and just don't. Oh. Yeah, maybe it was called something else for us. Well, that does it's not yeah. ring. Oh yeah, that's you know what? Thing. That one we'll bring up in the future. But that one's that's one that definitely creeps you out. Or or the phone call from inside the coming from inside the house. You know what I mean? You better go check on the kids. Um, He's inside. Oh, they the turn house. that one into a movie too. Man. Yeah, a yeah. lot of them do. A lot of them because they have these. They're almost like cautionary tales. That's what a lot of them were designed for. The those older classic ones. Um, so we'll revisit those. We'll revisit some modern ones. We'll revisit ones that deal with technology. We'll we'll get into some creepy pastas because, as far as I'm concerned, I really think like a lot of these creepy pastas are modern day urban legends, new stories that are created to give you that scare, and then they're they're easy enough to remember that you can just repeat it. You don't have to have it written or read it. You can repeat it to friends and tell them at at gatherings. Uh, yeah, it's, it's um it's definitely a, a cool phenomena and one that I want to keep revisiting for this podcast. I enjoyed this for sure. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, awesome. <laughs> Urban <laughs> legends. Happy Thanksgiving. <laughs> we, we, we aim to scare the crap out of you for the holidays. Yeah. I hope you didn't lose all your stuffing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, guys. So, uh, let's do the part of the show where we kind of, um, shamelessly plug ourselves and then we'll, uh, we'll let the listeners off the hook. Toe off the. Alrighty. I like that. I like what you did there. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you meant to do it, but I enjoyed it. Quite a big deal. Yeah, whether or not it was still good. It was still good. <laughs> All right. I guess well, I'll go. I'll go first. Go ahead. Uh, Johnny Townsend. You can find me on uh, Instagram at Johnnyism28. Also, my other podcast is Retro Blist. It's a old school video game podcast. We cover everything from Nintendo's up to Dreamcast. If you like old games, the two guys who uh, just goof off while they're talking about them, then please give us a, a check. Uh, check us out on iTunes and Stitcher and on this very same network that this show is on. Oh, yeah. Carter Johnson. All right. I am Carter Johnson. I am a horror writer. You can find my stuff on Amazon, uh, House on Dead Boy Lane, Meadowview Road, and Spider's Web. And hopefully before the end of the year, we'll have two more books uh, to add to that list. Nice. Fingers crossed. Ooh. And Chris. All right. Uh, so I have this podcast as well as uh, Back Issues comic book podcast. You can find that one uh, along with Ret- Retro Blist on our network, as Johnny said, BICBP-radio.com. Uh, you'll find ours there. You'll find a few other shows and a few more are in development uh, coming your way. 
um, you can, we also have a History Creeps Facebook page. Check it out. We've been posting a little bit more often than not now. I'm trying to keep up with giving you updates on past stories and cool little creepy things going on in the world. Check us out, Facebook. Again, uh, find us on iTunes and Stitcher. Give us ratings. Give us comments. Let us know what you think. Uh, once again, our, our network is BICBP-radio.com. Once again, it was a great episode, guys. Uh, until next time, keep it creepy. Happy Thanksgiving. Ooh.